We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Before we get into this episode, I just want to let you all know, it's sponsored by PrizePix. Shout out PrizePix. of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spahnauer and Theo Ash. And today we're talking about NFL draft prospects, more specifically quarterbacks, our top five coming into the NFL draft. Of course, there's the big names, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Will any of us have McCarthy? Will it be Penix? Will it be Bo Nix? The world will find out shortly. But before we get into that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing on this beautiful Sunday afternoon? I'm doing well. I uh, was watching some of the all-star skills competition from yeah. my couch. Matt, I know you were there in person. Did you? Oh, this is, I mean, I have the travel story today, actually. Oh, it's me oh, this time. Go. I went to the Rising Stars Challenge. Largely because it's, you know, within two hours and I really wanted to see Wimbenyama, right? He's a, a bucket list guy, I feel like. Yeah. When we left from Cincinnati to Indianapolis and it just started to snow and it came down so bad that what is usually a little bit under a two hour drive took four and a half hours. We were going like 25 miles an hour the entire way there, man. And oh, man. I probably saw more crashed cars than I've ever seen in my life, dude. It was really, really bizarre. But it didn't start getting bad enough until we got like so close where it's like turning around doesn't make any sense. And the roads were better by the time we left. So it was it was a weird situation to be in. We were late. We did get to see women Yama play. He did have a very cool lob thrown to him where he caught it at like the high point of it and then brought it down in one fluid motion. Um, but on top, yeah. It, it, it was it was fun to go to, but it was a heck of a it was a heck of a trip. And also, somebody hit that my car. Midwest snow that came in. Oh, really? Uh, not uh, was completely this due unrelated. To the weather or nope. no? I just I just oh, came out to my car. Was this and just, that uh, picture? 
Yeah. Was that the picture you sent us, Matt? Oh, shit. I thought you meant while it was snowing. No, the Midwest snow that came through was really bizarre. It kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, I went to a flag football game, and same thing. There were just cars in ditches everywhere. It was yeah, very post-apocalyptic. It was, it was pretty pretty rough. Um, one thing I really hate is when people are like, oh, well, you guys just don't know how to drive in snow. I think I think the reason why people in the north are so much better at driving in the snow, maybe because they know a little bit more, but also because there's just like more facilities to deal with it. You know, like if it snows in the south, they just don't have like the trucks or the plows or like the salt that they do up here. Cause we were, we were, we were, you know, driving there and it's like, there's like not much you can do other than just go incredibly slow. That's your only option. That's the only thing you can do is just leave a lot of space and just take your time and not rush. Um, but I don't know. I do think, I do think that there's the reaction that you have to learn to sliding, like, and just yeah, the general, true panic level that you're at is different when you're used to it. Like when I went down to Flagstaff, obviously we had an incredibly snowy winter last year and I was around people who had never been in the snow before because a lot of people at NAU are from Southern California and Phoenix. And I think that there's a certain panic level, like not knowing what to do when things are sliding and which causes maybe people who've never done it to just yeah. pull off into the ditch and just like not even do anything. And, you know, you just see them there. Um, or they just don't have the cars for it at all. Like if you are I from the that's... South, if you are from the South, the concept of four wheel drive has probably never crossed your mind. <laughs> and it's just I, like I a more expensive more than, option for your car. I and, think that's it more than anything is just like the lack of I, like a, ne a necessity for that kind of a car. I think people in the South have a four-wheel drive for, for other non-snow-related reasons. But I, I do have the take that it actually it is it does make your car safer having four-wheel drive. However, the people who have four-wheel drive think this and then go faster to the point where it's about as equally safe. You know, it's like, okay, if you were 25, you'd have a 0% chance of hydroplaning. So I'm going to go 35. And then, you know, you're right back where we are just... <laughs> just uh getting there a little bit faster i guess yeah for, um, two, if you're on a flat highway in the midwest two wheel and four wheel is probably about the same but if you start dealing with like hills and shit that's true like a mountain, I, I know i know then, then the two wheel like drive yeah. really like it doesn't have the torque to go right. up um mm -hmm. or if like we had a we had a in in flagstaff last year a big hill leading to our apartment complex you had to make kind of an, a steep initial climb that wasn't very far but it was steep and so many cars just like couldn't even make it up that and like once you were on the normal roads you'd probably be fine but just like making it up s steep driveways or hills becomes like impossible um another thing that doesn't get talked about enough like it's important to, like four-wheel drives important having good tires is important you need a heavy car Heavy cars make so much of a difference. Like the car that I'm driving now is like more of, it's like a smaller SUV. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. a five seater. It has a hatch, but I wouldn't consider it an SUV to the extent that Matt knows that Denali that I used to drive. That car was a tank. It was massive. It fit eight people. It was the extra long. It was an insane beast with snow tires, with four wheel drive. It just doesn't move. 
<laughs> it's just like you get going it's like nothing's throwing that off the road right right you get in a small so, car and it gets like blown around by the wind right, on some of these winter that's days but uh, let's get yeah, into the quarterbacks here we've had enough car. of a uh, discussion about the techniques of driving in the snow matt i'm sorry let's get into the technique of throwing <laughs> Yeah, let's get into the throwing technique. Do we want to go five to one or one to five? I think one to five. Let's do one to five. Yeah, so that makes the most sense. QB1, I, I think that people who have listened to this podcast before know that we have a tier of two that are yes. being considered for this, this prestigious honor. Um, I've been on record before saying that it's Caleb for me. Uh, how yeah. about you guys? Are you staying with Caleb? Yeah, I stick with Caleb. Okay. I'm I'm also Caleb. Um I, I've decided May is really good. He's a really, really yes. strong prospect. He would be a, a no problem number one guy. Um but I, I do think Caleb's like level of, of what he does outside of the pocket and the arm angles. It's tough because May can do a lot of that stuff too. He's his his top throws are up there with anybody's, right? Mm -hmm. Um but I, I think we've seen the how how much Williams can get done in that out of the pocket stuff, and I think if if May was like really really good at like avoiding sacks, or he was a little bit more consistent, or he wasn't you know he didn't throw quite as many turnover worthy plays, which is all of those things like I'm, it's not the end of the world. Like I think they fall under the umbrella of like him being super aggressive. But those are some mm -hmm. of the knocks that I also have on Caleb. Like, he didn't do a great, great job. Like, he, he did take a decent number of sacks this year. Not terrible, though. Uh, not to the point mm -hmm. where I'm really concerned. And, you know, Caleb has some throws in there that are, that are you know, a little bit too dangerous. If May was going to top him, I, I think it would largely be because uh, he didn't have that in him. Um, but he does, so I, I've got Caleb at one. Yeah, uh, I, I think Caleb is a slightly more unique athlete. Um, mm hmm I think there's an argument that maybe May is, you know, he's he's taller. I think maybe he has a could probably throw it, maybe farther. I don't know though. Caleb's got a pretty crazy I, arm. Caleb's arm to me is is pretty next level. The thing that the thing that almost separated and almost made me put May above Williams was I feel like May's feel and his calmness under pressure is better. That is the only thing where I'm like, even though like the sacks don't quite line up, I feel like when Drake May takes a sack, it's because he's too locked in on one guy and he's like, I am making this throw no matter what. And then he like, he'll try and buy a little bit of time and then he'll make a bad throw as he gets hit or it's not quite as open as he thought it was going to be. But his feel for like evading and maneuvering pockets is just so pristine. But uh, the thing, but again, it was just like, I'm like, well, he gets locked into these throws a little bit too much. And then Caleb is just such a different athlete. And when he when he releases that ball, it looks different. Yeah, his and it's not the yeah, it's the release that looks different. I don't <laughs> know if anybody quite hits the the range of stuff that he does with his arm. I mean, mm -hmm. if he needs to kind of jump almost back and like <laughs> bring his arm like across his face and throw it he probably would i i just right. i i think that there's a whole genre of like caleb hitting rpos <laughs> that are crazy <laughs> there'll be a guy crashing down off the edge on him and then they'll like stop because it's so tough to just pin your ears back and run after caleb because mm -hmm. he can make you miss so these guys just kind of like 
stop and try to get into the throwing lane of this RPO and just try to contain him. And Caleb will do literally anything to get it around that guy. And he'll do it accurately. I've seen him like yeah. lean way back and and throw it sidearm. I've seen him throw it over underhand. I've seen him hit like crazy jump passes. I've seen him do whatever it's it, like if there's an obstacle in front of him finding some window some way somehow to get it around that guy is it's a whole genre with him and check downs yeah. too to the flat like if he is m- making something happen like running around he's held the ball for a long time it's not going anywhere he's getting tackled like he'll throw it across his body and and somehow get it to the check down and I think some people are like, well, why would I want a quarterback to throw it across his body to a check down? But it's like he just makes the right decisions. It's You just can't quite hem Caleb down ever. And even right. on the little things, you can see that he's just doing it a little bit better, a little bit differently than what some guys are, are capable of. And mm-hmm. it might get batted with someone else and then he hits it like between the dude's legs or something. It wouldn't anything that like anything that can be accomplished on the football field. It wouldn't surprise me if Caleb did it because he's that kind of athlete. Whereas May is a bit just more traditional, and yeah, Caleb has something that I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's there's nothing like inherently wrong with that. I don't know. No, it's just that Caleb is a little bit more unique and just different than everybody else. Really, I he's he's not like like I I feel like with May I can say he's a little bit like Trevor. He's a little bit like Josh. Mm. Like with Caleb, I'm like. I, I just don't know if I've seen something quite like this before. I think Lamar and Mahomes and there's a little bit of Josh Allen in him as well, but yeah, he's kind of a, a beast that with just his willingness and frequency that he hits trick shots that watching Caleb Williams, maybe Mahomes is, is was a the little same bit way. unorthodox because the USC offense just, it's just so weird. The, yeah. the extent that, the hyper RPO play action check down, like the rate at which those plays happen. It's just, it's like, come on, do anything else, please. I think if you're going to question anybody about the fraudulence of USC's offense, it would not be Caleb, but Lincoln, right? No, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, this offense is so stale. It's weird to watch. It's weird to watch just silly mistakes things that don't make any sense with the route combinations. It, it certainly feels like they run the offense that they do and don't almost put in practice time. Like <laughs> they, they don't have that much of a sense of timing or yeah. spacing yeah. That's in a their good route concepts. The, and the and the I wonder if they're almost like... USC is just, it's like, it's especially bizarre. when you watch like, like maybe like the Pinnixes or the Bo Nixes or like those mm-hmm. like really super high powered offenses that were really, really like quick and well put together and then you watch usc it's 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 a total total different beast yeah and maybe it's just because they want to reinvent what offense can be like i wonder if they spend most of their practice time doing out of structure stuff and saying like we're not going to focus so much on that in structure timing aspect of it and getting like the footwork down right we're going to focus on other things and on game day we just kind of have this machine that can operate without any normal rules but it's very strange to watch and i think if they didn't have caleb they i guess lincoln has always been putting up these offensive numbers but if they didn't have caleb i i do think that he masked a lot of potential bad with 
USC's offense this year to make them still like the highest scoring team in the nation. Like, yeah, it was it. The line wasn't pretty. You watch the USC or U, UCLA game and like how his teammates are selling there and like Latu is wrecking everybody along the front and guys are like fumbling and <laughs> the game is out of hand before Caleb can even do anything about it, really. And like the the Notre Dame game, they go play like a stout, obviously not a Big Ten team, an independent team, but a team that kind of plays that sort of style. A Midwest, tough, good defense team. And <laughs> then all of a sudden, like the route combinations just look dumb. You know, Caleb yeah. is running around and it's still well covered. He was forcing things in that game. But even in that game, I thought like he adjusted and like by the end, he looked pretty formidable in that Notre the Dame Utah game, game the Utah game is another one where I mean there was one play where they have a receiver running what I thought was supposed to be like a deep curl like a 12 yard curl mm-hmm. and then he starts and I think that's what Caleb was expecting was him to settle at that 12 back to 10 and then he starts to shade inside and Caleb throws it where he would have stopped if it was a curl and he like and it ends up being behind him and it like oh is that a bad throw by Caleb but it's just like there's just no sense of timing here. There's another play where the, the running back just like randomly drops the football and fumbles it. And it's just mm-hmm. like, come on. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of a just a unserious. And they kept Alex Grinch around. So it's like Caleb needs to be putting up 50. Otherwise, they're going to lose every big game. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the other thing. You, you look at some of their losses. It's like 52 to 40. Come on, Caleb. <laughs> Yeah, how, 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 I know. How did he not win that game. Man? I've, I, I just would love to see him play a normal football game, and I feel like we were robbed of that in in college. It just, I don't see why he couldn't do it and like be very good because he does. He doesn't get scared of pressure. Like he runs around, but he's not like, oh no, I'm like, there's a guy to my right. I have to bail. Like he'll kind of hit a throw yeah, and, I, and keep his eyes downfield in those situations. Like it doesn't cause him to lose all accuracy or like lose his head or whatever. Um, he definitely, <laughs> I, I do think he kind of fades away from pressure sometimes. Like he won't step into the throw. He'll try to like hit the, the like drop back sidearm, like weird mechanic shit, but he does that even when he's not under pressure. So, like, yeah. and, and he's accurate from these different angles and stuff. So, Sometimes yeah. I'll see a clip of him like under some pressure and he'll like step back to avoid it and like throw it sidearm. And it's like, Caleb is scared to step into the pressure. And it's like, maybe he is, but like, that's kind of how he always plays. <laughs> like he, he'll do that when he's not under pressure. And it's like, yeah, he missed a tough throw in that situation, but even guys who throw it normally and do step into it, like some of these pocket passer got like media analysts want him to do like th- they're prone to missing throws when they're pressured. So I, I don't have too many major concerns about Caleb. I think that he does have some Lamar in him where he's got kind of this unorthodox style. He loves to throw it sidearm. He loves to run around, extend plays. But Lamar doesn't give a shit about pressure and when it's closing in, right? Like he right. continues to go through his read. And at the end of the day, even if the pocket is really constricted, he's not afraid to almost jump up, jump up into the air and get it get it off from the pocket. Yeah, I've seen him do stuff it, like that. Seen it and I, I think Caleb has that in him. I think that he has it in him too use his playmaking ability to win from the pocket. And even if the space gets condensed, I think Caleb can still be comfortable. And um, I think that he will project to the league. And I'm not worried about his personality. I think 
Oh man, now that stuff I, is just so stupid. So obviously, funny. you know, he's it's painting so his nails. Funny. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, uh, and he, I think it, we've already talked about that before. That, that stuff we is have. just. We have. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I I get that the the thing about crying in the stands after the Washington game was kind of a it was kind of a strange image I can't even lie about that I've never quite seen it before but I don't think that anybody like if he's good I don't think you, anyone will care and yeah. if he's bad know, if anything, then maybe people anything, will care but the main problem would be in that case right. that he's bad you know I right I, right. I don't know I mean it, exactly. it, if anything he's just passionate I mean I'd rather have that than what was it Trevor Lawrence said that he could care like if he doesn't pan out in football he'll be fine <laughs> like i don't mind that from lawrence either i just think as long as you're authentically yourself people aren't gonna like i think your real problem is if you're like a total fake one and i, I think caleb is like no matter what people yeah. say, say about him no matter like what what kind of reception it's gonna get into the media in the media like he'll go do it and i think mm -hmm. people can respect that again again if you're winning games right everything's all good when you're winning games mm -hmm. but then it comes that comes down to the talent evaluation and then Right. I think you got to remember that like Caleb is playing is going to be playing with younger and younger guys. Like if this was 2000s football and there were a bunch of Gen Xers in the league, like maybe they wouldn't listen to Caleb Williams. But like that's not going to be the culture of the league forever. I, I think like as more younger generation people come into football, it is going to be more normalized that like a quarterback might act the way a 20 year old guy would act. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think right. that, uh, it's just a different culture. If guys weigh their emotions on their sleeve more, it is more frequent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think old heads care, but I just, eventually there's not going to be that many. He, it it really, it really comes down. He's either going to be good or he's not. Right. Him and, whether yeah. or not he paints his nails is not going to be the difference in a Super Bowl for any team. I can promise <laughs> yeah, you yeah, that, yeah. man. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't I, I I'm not concerned about any of that stuff. So yeah, he's my QB one. He has a chance to be a very, very unique weapon. But May is number two. So that's the question. Do we all do we all have May as two then? You yeah, know, Daniels guys. Yeah, it's a little bit more of a conversation than I thought it would be. Um, at least online, I've seen some people raising the question. And, you know, Daniel's had a great year. But uh, for me, it's May. I, I just think the number of throws across the field uh, that he's hitting, the arm talent, uh, the legs, the whole thing. Like, he's pretty, pretty darn prototypical. And the big negative on him, which is probably like, Maybe he's a little bit too aggressive, I think. Like, that's where a lot of his bad stuff comes in. Like, I think sometimes he'll sit in the pocket a little bit longer than he should. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he tries to hit tough throws. But yeah, that's a good negative to have, to be 100% honest with you. Because for every guy like style, that, right? right every, for every guy like that, there's 10 guys where it's like, well, this dude just doesn't attempt throwing into tight windows or throwing with anticipation. It's like, well, that isn't going to work at the next level. So, yes. and, and on top of that, making some mistakes, throwing some turnovers because you're being aggressive is not nearly as big a negative as, as it seems right. Interceptions yeah. are bad down the field or whatever, but really, you know, a three and out because you checked it down, uh, followed by a punt. Isn't really that much better. Mm -hmm. um, right. 
So I'm I'm a big fan of May. I feel really good about him. I feel really good about both these top two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like they look like franchise changers. I think another concern I would put with May is the release. He is a bit slow with the release. I think it kind of mm-hmm. loops and goes way back. If we're measuring quickness of release of these top guys, Mays actually might be the slowest. Of the top three, Theo? Of, of everybody we talk about today. What I'll oh, say okay. is that he's very good at throwing while he's getting hit, so it doesn't matter. He'll true, be okay. True. Mm-hmm. It'll work out anyway. Um, true. It, it's not, it's and not he's unfair. tall, it's not so it's, like, it's not really going to get things... Four batted so much hopefully it's it's a it's a fair it's a fair criticism um some people care about it way more i bet i bet you sims will talk about it he's always a bit of a a release stickler um but maybe if you've been in a qb room like i get that like it taking longer the the zone defenders can react a little faster you know guys might be able to get their hands up you know it's just it's a game of inches and throws that could have been there a couple feet ago are like lagging behind that's true um, it, it, it does example. matter to some extent but it, i just can't bring myself to care about the long release when like everything with everything else that may is doing everything and he has is just so the good. facilities to make up for it like he slides around exactly. the pocket so well he's yes. not someone who is like oh first read is gone i'm i'm straight up running i'm like getting up over eight miles an hour and like creating a running throw situation it's i can step up i can just just i'm he's more efficient with his pocket movements than caleb like caleb will definitely start to run around he's just so good at running around that i don't care but may like could be dealing with the same sort of pressure and and really like just take one step into the right spot and the guy overshoots him barely like it's super nice to watch and he can take off and he's fast as fuck like he's fast Really nice. Sneaky, sneaky, athletic. What do he you, is you like? I, I, I don't know. He's like six foot four, and like he has kind of that longer release. So maybe the yeah. reputation is he would be a bit lumbering, but he can make people miss. He he's can not, burn you around the edge. Like he's a crazy athlete. I saw someone yeah. say like, "Oh, the problem is with all the Josh Allen comps is we assign an average athlete." the Josh Allen comp when Josh is the best athlete in the NFL. And it's like Drake may is maybe not as good of an athlete as Allen, but like he is not an average athlete or an even above no. average athlete. Like he is a freak. Um, mm-hmm. I do He's think, nice. I think Trevor Lawrence isn't a bad comp for him. And I, we like Trevor Lawrence here. I think Allen isn't a bad comp for him. Herbert, that tall, like pocket passer i think cam was a little bit more like this than people think like he was a tall Mm. pocket passer he wanted to slide around and make throws from muddy pockets too like he he wasn't a pure runner as much as he was cam cam loves standing strong in the pocket yes he loved he was a he was a pocket passer which people don't i think people think of him as a runner but there's there's good examples of, of both of the things you're talking about theo in the game against clemson of mm-hmm. you know there's there's one play where i don't remember who it was there's a free rusher off the left side and a lot of guys they see that um and when i was watching jj mccarthy i saw a very similar instance where mccarthy felt an instant pressure off the right and he like ducks and bails so fast yeah but with may may he just trots he just trots and he all he's waiting for because he knows he has a crosser coming on the back side he's like well i can't come back left 
So I'm just going to wait for this crosser to break. And as soon as I see he has leverage, I'm letting that shit fly. And that's exactly what he does. But then there's another play where that long release comes in and he has a dig break open, but he, so he pulls back and he sees the, um, the interior lineman jump up to try and bat it. But because of how long his release is, it takes him a long time to come all the way back and cycle mm-hmm. back through that release. And it ends up getting batted out of his arm by the, um, by the mm-hmm. edge guy coming around. So there's pros very... and cons there. Yeah. I yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's not perfect. And another thing that uh, is a weakness with him is just his stats. And I think that's where a lot of the bad, um press on him comes because if you look at his numbers next to daniels daniels looks way better like daniels was Mm -hmm. way more efficient daniels had the rushing numbers that were crazy like it 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 factors in when like that's a good way to get huge efficiency numbers is be that good at running the football but i just think that may they're passing offense stats like we say and and May once Josh Downs left, like him and Josh Downs cooked. Everybody else on that team was a little, eh, especially when you look at the guys that Oregon has and Michigan has, has and and and, and, and Washington USC has, has and even, LSU has, and Washington, like, yeah, and, Washington and LSU definitely. Yeah. So, it, so the fat, the stats just don't don't match up. And I, I watched some bad box score games from May, and Clemson is one of them. And you watch mm-hmm. that game, and you still see so many good traits that he has. I, I, like, I, the Clemson not even was one really of his like, worst games. I don't think there's any question about that. And even then, it's like, yeah, you. It's can... like, yeah, he's clearly one of the best players on the field here. And <laughs> and yes, he missed some throws, but there was also some deep, accurate deep balls that didn't get caught. Yes. And like, there was a lot of good on display in that game. So it's when I when I start to get impressed with the bad box score games, then you know, like, okay, this guy. This guy's pretty legit right. because mm-hmm. it's he gets the not his fault stamp and um, <laughs> it is possible. Just like Herbert, his man. comp Just is like Herbert, Herbert, man. His comp is Herbert. Um, <laughs> yeah, love to see it, man. yeah. I think I agree. And you know, I, as far as the the stats go, uh, I, I think putting up big numbers and competing for the Heisman as a quarterback is a team award. You know, I've, we've talked about it on here before. Uh, you got to be in the high-powered offense. You got to have the great receivers, and you got to be winning games. Uh, Williams and May maybe weren't in the competition the same way that Daniels, Knicks, and Penix were. But like, I, I'm sorry, I have no doubt in my mind. If you put like Michael Penix on North Carolina and you put Drake May on Washington, who's right. going to have the better numbers? Almost certainly Drake May, right? And that's yeah. not a knock on Penix necessarily. It's just like. Yeah, you, the, the, it's it's just tough to put up those counting stats, and you've just got to have the team be good. It's a lot that goes into it, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got. Uh, although I guess Daniel's neighbor, neighbors gets losses, neighbors but. gets Odell comps, and Adunze gets Fitzgerald <laughs> comps, and it's like who is? Oh. And then we watch like Tez Walker from USC hit the hit the. Or USC, or from, uh, UNC yeah, UNC, yeah. hit the yeah. senior bowl and we find out that he can't like come run a comeback around like, <laughs> so it's it's, it's 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 levels it's levels and it's just, may put up about as good as stats as you can put up like his stats were not bad uh i think in a in kind of a tough situation so i i think yeah, that may is super legit he, he we need to get him on on a high-powered receiver offense with a terrible defense and he'll be competing for that heisman i promise you that man 
So yeah, we we have Drake May at UNC while Kyle McCord got to rock it up at Ohio State, man. It's very. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Sick stuff. This episode of Stay Hot is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And they also now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. A couple of weeks ago, I hit a hit a big one on uh, on Prize Picks with my Browns versus Jets play with Ninjoku and, and Flacco and Brees Hall, and you can too. So head on over to Prize Picks, use the code Stay Hot. And they will double your first deposit or prizepicks.com slash day hot and use code stay hot for a first deposit match up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Head. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. On over there. I want to go ahead and talk to you about something that's been a game changer for me, and it just might be for you as well. Let's chat about every plate. Your ticket to affordable and delicious meals. Now, you've probably heard about meal kits, but let me tell you, every plate takes it to a whole new level. Picture this. For just $1.49 per meal, you get incredible recipes delivered right to your doorstep. And here's the kicker. Add a 10-ounce ranch steak to your weekly order for just $1 per box. Yes, $1 steaks for life. That's raising the steaks for dinner, my friends. And speaking of saving, every plate is America's best value meal kit. I was a bit skeptical at first thinking, you know, meal kits might break the bank, but guess what? Every plate's meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal. So you can save big and still enjoy fresh, satisfying meals. I took that extra money. I saved and I treated myself to something special, but Here's the real game changer for me, the variety. With over 25 tasty and affordable recipes that change weekly, you'll never get bored. Breakfast 24-7, 15 minutes or less meals, feel-good food, and big batch shape. They've got it all. And let's not forget the sides. With breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and 
more. Now here's the scoop. Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal plus $1 stakes for life. Head to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter the code 49STAYHOT. Remember, your subscription must be active to qualify for that $1 stake. That's up to $110 in value. I've genuinely loved my experience with every plate, and I know you will too. So let's sizzle into the new year with delicious, affordable meals. Head to everyplate.com slash podcast and use the code 49STAYHOT and make your 2024 your tastiest year yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Steph Curry makes you believe that you can do anything. I mean, look at me. He has me believing that I can shoot threes when I play pickup basketball. And the Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up and showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock your favorite player and rep his shoes on and off the court. The Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet, locked in no matter what you do on the court. Stop in your tracks with dual-density UA Flow cushioning and traction, an emergency brake that you don't even notice. Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade of his sneaker career, pulling colorway inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future on and off the court. Take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep UA wherever you go. Do your thing. Change the game. The Curry 11 Future Curry is available now at currybrand.com. So we have seen the future, and it's Caleb number one, May number two in the draft. We have seen mock drafts that have a different result. We do not mm-hmm. buy it, but Jaden Daniels is getting very high praise in mm-hmm. the media right now. Yes. Um, I've seen him second overall plenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, it's probably not the most frequent thing if you were to take the averages, but you you start to see it a good amount. It's now. it's not it's not like a total fringe opinion. There's definitely some yeah people talking about we, we got to talk um, conversations are being had is he qb2 we don't see him as that how is is he let's talk about him versus jj mccarthy now which is typically the battle for qb3 <laughs> it seems like um do we have jj or daniels or somebody else i have daniels i have daniels i also have daniels i <laughs> We, Sorry, look, man. we know how the we know how this goes. All right. We'll start to disagree come four and five, I'm sure. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I thought maybe. I thought maybe. I, I think I'm I'm very interested to have our JJ McCarthy conversation. But uh let's talk about Daniels here for a second. Yeah. I'm not totally sold on him as a top ten guy. Yeah, I I'll I get say that. that. I guess my 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 concern is like really it's it's the sex you know over his last couple of years 
Uh, he's taken like his pressure to sack rate is really bad. And if you're taking a lot of sacks, it's really hard to be a good quarterback. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's one of the single most important things. Uh, and, and he has not done a great job about it on top of that. Um, he only put up like one season of really like NFL level tape when he was 23 years old. And it's like, that, you know, that just makes you a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of his stuff. Like he's obviously just like a great, great runner. He's got a, a big arm. Some of the shots that he hits down the sideline, like I know you don't value those as much, but mm -hmm. I mean, bomb touchdowns. I don't care where they're thrown. I'm afraid. I, I just think that's so cool. I do. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think I'd like, I see the tools there. And I think he's absolutely worthy of a first round draft pick, but the dealing yeah. with pressure stuff is, is bad, man. And that usually he, doesn't get better. And it usually translates. It's just, I just don't think he's going to be a very high level NFL decision maker. I, I know that he doesn't throw a ton of picks in college, um, but I see the hits that he takes and, and, he does take some bad ones. He does yeah. take some Dude, bad no, ones. There are three. There are a couple. There are a couple that get shown over of, and over. The, he the, takes the, the one against Ole any, Miss. Go ahead. He takes the worst hits of any quarterback I have ever seen by a <laughs> wide, wide margin. He takes the worst hits of maybe any player ever. Like worse than a <laughs> worse running than, back, worse, bro. Worse than worse Stafford. Than pound for worse pound. Than Staff, pound for pound. Like that guy. It's obliterated he, he's built like, like me. I've most met of him. the time, bro. He, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I, 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 I think one of the most interesting discussions this year is like, how much of a problem is this? Because <laughs> he gets clobbered and he's smaller. Do you think he can play through like full seasons year after year after year? I think there's like no way unless you can. I, the thing is, you could hypothetically be like, dude, stop. And maybe he will. <laughs> maybe he'll start sliding. But like. Why did they shouldn't they have told him that at LSU? And if they yeah, if they did, did he not listen? Like, and, and it's my really bad, bro. And my question is, like, how much of that is also his rushing superpower? Because you watch JJ McCarthy and he's a pretty quick dude, like he's fast, but he's also not going to take those kinds of hits as often. He's he'll get down Scared he'll protect down. himself a little bit more. Um I've seen but Caleb like Williams he'll go down smartly and I'll be yards to the side right right and it's like I like, bet Jaden Daniels would not have dove head first there and he may have taken a hit but he probably would have picked up like an extra 10 yards or something if he just like tried to keep mm -hmm. running and yeah, burn the angle and, I even and break about a tackle so a so point. it's like that is that is he's got to find a balance because on one hand I think it's kind of what makes him so special as a runner is like how long he keeps these plays alive and he has unlimited stamina it's crazy like he's so fast so late into the play and everybody else will kind of be like like visibly slowing down waiting for him to like go down and he's just like like cutting back again yeah like trying to he's, run across he's, the he's, field. He's a Looney Tunes like, character, shit. bro. He'll, he'll run around and then he'll have like the anvil fall in his head or whatever, man. But it picks up 22 yards. It does. It does. And I'll never forget also when J Jalen Carter picked him up and carried him around. He, he's he got some Jameis in him, I feel like. I, I feel like when he comes into the league, there's going to be those senses, that sense of like, okay, he's he's had some big plays over the course of this game, but... There's a couple of only Jaden moments where maybe he takes a hit, 
fumbles the ball yeah, man. like tries to hurdle someone he's knocked out of the game and we'll be like of course it's daniel's dude That's like of thing, course man. this is happening to him so he's I, taking I think these big hits in college you're gonna get to the nfl these hits are gonna get bigger man yeah and, like, just, the, just, and just the silly moments are gonna amplify and because the games will all be close right yes. so if he does fumble or does you know get knocked out or i don't know like I know that he avoided the interceptions, but I just think you can see it in his running style that he has got, so he, like the just the silliness to him, the whims, dude, dude, <laughs> and he's not and he's the not whimsical the turnover. And he's hurdle up the middle <laughs> is one of his his best his best plays ever. That's the funniest <laughs> shit because it didn't work like at all. Like he got <laughs> clobbered, man, yeah. trying to do that. But it's he that happens to him. Those things happen to him. Like he takes those hits and it doesn't change him at all. He's no. still going out next game and doing the same stuff. Yeah. Next game. It's the next drive, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the next play, bro. <laughs> and I really, I can't stress enough. Like it's more of his hits than not more of his runs than not end up with him getting clobbered. It's like above 50%. No exaggeration. It is bizarre, man. Yes. So I, I think that he is, he is, got some things that will and he also doesn't really throw it over the middle a whole lot like he he's yeah. accurate but he loves the go ball he loves to throw it down the sideline or take off um i've seen him turn up turn down open digs over the middle i don't think that he's going to be just yes. a surgeon there um but he is very accurate down the field and he's very accurate overall um and on the run he's accurate I just don't it's, think that he's going to be It's a, sounding like a Fields-ish profile to be 100% real with you, man. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. It's like Fields took a some lot of these a lot of these Fields Fields took a lot of big hits. Yeah, and and he had a good arm and was accurate, but yeah. maybe was a little bit more limited in what he did and it's like you're worried about him dealing with pressure. It's like, well, that's kind of Fields's problem too and He's talented and he's worthwhile taking a shot on and you never know how the development's going to work out or if you put him in a better situation. That's why I still think he should be like a first round pick type guy. Um, but there's some pretty, pretty major concerns there, I, I think. Especially if he goes to a team like the Patriots, like with a bad offensive line and a bad, a bad receiving group. It's like, man, what can he really do there? Like, is he right. going to be... Yep just cooking down the field like he was. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's any kind of can't miss prospect. I think he's exciting. I think he can create big plays for you. I think as he gets older, like if he's in a well, good uh, offense, this... you know, you, you saw him, he, he does take care of the football and he does, you know, create a, it, I, and I love quarterbacks who can run. Like, I think that'll just shoot your, that'll just shoot your efficiency up on that play. Cause you can attach an option to everything. Like, it just is so good for you. So I love that. I think that if he took over the Patriots offense, it would be like better than Mac Jones, definitely. Like I think that it would be if he took over mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. The Vikings. I would be very excited to see him with the Vikings. Like mm. man, you get you get him with a decent offensive line in front of him and like Justin Jefferson. Like he could yeah. Justin Jefferson could hit a ton of yards with Jane Daniels, like seventeen hundred and, and Jordan at like I think yeah. he could, I think he could keep his efficiency if he got to throw to Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. He would add his own on the ground. Like you could drop back and throw it a lot. I I do think that that could work, but that would you know, be a nasty fit. 
it would be even better with with Caleb, and it would be even better with May, I think. And well, I, I don't know if he could put a whole Caleb team on his May. back like potentially those guys could. And I always think there'll be a bit more silliness. He's also pretty old, man. <laughs> yeah, he's been in college a long time. Um, he's not the only one in this class that's been in college a long time. No, he is not. I just, I just don't think he feels the game like Caleb and May. I just don't think mm-hmm. that he has that kind of just that kind of special sense, I guess. Uh, but he, but it is there a little bit with him, and I, I think that he could be fun. But to me, he's more like I gave him a second round grade, like, and you could probably bump that up. But I feel like, like with some of these of guys, value. if you're taking them in the top ten, you're staking your like in kind of entire reputation as a GM on them, and he's not that to me. And so I feel like you got to take them when the risk is a little lower like i don't know yeah, later first i think i agree second. i do like him though and I, I'm, I'm excited to watch him i'll put it like that i'm really mm-hmm. pumped to watch i think he's him. gonna be fun and, and uh i would be very surprised if, if he came in and it was like he wasn't at least showing flashes early and then maybe it doesn't pan out when it's all said and done but right. i i think i think yeah. he could add some the juice fields comp I, I like a lot i <laughs> i think that that's pretty spot on so we all have the first three quarterbacks all the, the same. same. So, Theo, do you have McCarthy at four? Is that? No. Okay. Okay. So that's why I was wondering, because you were saying McCarthy versus Daniels. Who do you have at four? Penix. Mm. I have Bo Nix. Okay. I also like Bo Nix a decent amount. So you've got Bonix at four then? Yeah, I got Bonix at four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think there's a lot that makes me nervous about Penix, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the injury stuff is like really horribly bad. Penix yeah. is like not a comfortable runner at all because of it. And then, you know, he's an older prospect, which I guess Nix is too. Um I don't think he has some like supercharged arm either. Like it, maybe I'd say it's probably NFL average. Uh, he he didn't take a lot of sacks, so that was pretty good. Although neither did Bo Nix. Neither of those guys took True. nearly anything. I think Bo Nix had like five sacks the entire season, which is yes, partially partially because um, their offense was. Was getting the ball out extremely quickly, extremely quickly. like it, it, just it, very it tons noting. of quick game where he would just it, hit the top of his drop and dump it into the flat or dump it to a hitch yeah, that it, is basically impossible to defend if they box out right. Yeah. And that's a it, lot it's of worth Oregon noting. Bo Nix almost never got pressure. Like among the big quarterbacks that we'll talk, he's but the his only pressure one his that, pressure to sack was, was it, yeah. I mean, it's real. Well. It, yeah, it, it's and, really and it's, low. it was good like for a lot of his career, I believe. I could be wrong, but um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think with Penix, like, he's not wildly accurate. He's not uh, necessarily, like, a perfect decision maker, although, I just, you know, he's pretty good. He doesn't have a big-time arm. There's an injury history. He's older. I'm, I'm just a little bit lower on him. Yeah, I, I agree with the injury history. I, I do like his arm, though. I think that – and I think that he's the best pocket passer of the rest. I, I do think that when he gets back there – he can read out cons like NFL concepts from left all the way to right. Um, 
hit throws down the field, like pretty accurate down the field. Um, he doesn't really throw over the middle too much, which worries me. I don't think that he's quite the layerer. I'm not like crazy high on any of these guys and he doesn't deal with pressure the best like like when it comes to he can make the first guy miss a little bit point most of them don't (laughs) but i i think i think that's like a a pocket passer where it's like there's a lot of limitations otherwise he's older and he's not hitting over the middle a ton it's like i would rather personally take a shot on a guy like a nicks who i think is a little bit better of an overall athlete um, who Mm -hmm, also doesn't really challenge the middle a ton but maybe you feel like you can work towards a little bit more there or McCarthy who it's like, yeah, you know, it's, he's probably super raw, but give me the younger guy who I know has upside, I think over Penix. Yeah. Yeah. That Texas game looked dang good, man. But then he followed it up with the Michigan one, but then like his ribs were hurt. So I I don't know what to make of all that. The Texas game was impressive. It really was. It was a it little was. bit of a, a Stroud-esque kind of performance where it he was. was making guys but miss. He won, and he doing... won. It's like, what if Stroud had then went and, you know, like blew it to like TCU in the national title after that or something? <laughs> I <would've... laughs> the Michigan game, I wish he kept his cool a little, a little bit more, but I don't know. I just think like, I think he can, he has the most traits and sees the game the best from back there. Like he understands coverages understands the leverages just understands the nfl type concepts and really no offense was more opened up and they they put a lot on his plate although i do think that there were also like so many deep balls that that was a little unsustainable so maybe it's not the safest bet but i don't know i i think that these other guys have kind of the same problems um maybe the big thing for Bo Nix with me is he kind of has the Jalen Hurts stamp a little bit. People used to call him Bo Picks back at Auburn, and now he's, you know, statistically like avoiding negative plays at the highest rate in college football. I don't know, man. I that that's kind of why I, I mean, sort of why I like uh, Nix. Not necessarily the improvement aspect of it, um, although he has. Um, has. But just sort of like I like the way that he maneuvers the pocket a lot. Uh, I think he's a, a really good balance of aggressive, of willingness to step up, but also willingness to like get out of the pocket. Um, I, I think so. I think his like on the field feel for that type of stuff is really good. And then yeah, he's older, which is why he's like quarterback four, and why I'm not like you should draft this guy like eight or, or seven or whatever. But if, if you wanted to think, you know. I thought with some of the the, the the pro style stuff, like he did pretty solid. It wasn't a ton of it. I won't lie. Um, you know, how many goes and slants did he, he throw? And like his average depth of target was hilariously, hilariously low. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm not necessarily going to ding him a ton for like, okay, well, he's got a million RPOs and screens to throw. If he looked pretty solid on some of the other stuff. So I, I don't know. I was a decent fan of him. Maybe maybe I'd even think of having JJ over over him just for the concept of like I want somebody who's younger, um, mm-hmm. who I feel like maybe has a little bit more of a path to development. But I like Knicks. And he does have fun. I've realized <laughs> that there's a lot of truth to that. I was watching, I think, him against Washington State and like they sent him out on like a double pass, like, and he, he, they threw it up to him, even though he was like completely covered. And then later in that game, he just like punts the ball. He does like a little pooch punt. He's having fun out there, man. 
He's a dark horse for Heisman. So I, I, I liked I liked Nick's a decent amount. I'm not if I'm not super super like high on him. I guess in the sense where I'm like you know standing up yeah. on the table and saying this guy is for sure a franchise quarterback. Uh, but I think there's a lot of teams that would be more interesting for drafting either him or honestly, you know, like JJ or, or even Penix rather than just sort of running it back with what they've got. And out of those three, Nick's is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he is, there is some interest with him. He hit some crazy throws versus Utah. He hit a, a whole shot down the field. That was nice. Um, mm-hmm threw over the middle a couple times and tight windows on digs. That was good Mm -hmm. to see. He's tall. You know, he can move. He can, you you have that element of uh, creativity and he's able to run the football. So yeah, definitely a lot to like. I thought, I did think the offense was pretty easy though. These RPO guys, same thing with like Matt Corral and like Howell. I just, I'm like, these aren't... (laughs) Don't talk about my boy like that. <laughs> it's just not. I guess I get it. Yeah, it's like, not as tangible just, as what I saw from from the Penix offense. And like, okay, this just this just looks a little harder, and it it, it looks a little bit more pro style, and I can just envision fair, it yeah. a little bit more. Um, and it's like, man, this guy stunk, and then he got old and got in an offense that you know, didn't ask a whole lot of them. And he's like putting up these crazy numbers, but I'm like, I, I wonder if Lanning is the guy I'd rather have than his quarterback. Whereas with the and Penix, I don't know. I'm like, I think a little bit more of this is, is on Penix and like what he can do. And, and then you get to Michigan and you get to JJ McCarthy. So yeah, I'm debating between Knicks and McCarthy for five. I mean, I, I like Nick's a little I'm, bit better, but like, I'm, I, I'm really I'm thinking, like, honestly, if if these are like day two guys, and you're taking them as a project, maybe the play is just to take the guy who's younger, who's got a little bit more like long term upside, where it's like if a guy's coming in at 23, and you're worried that like, they're not like ready to run like a pro style offense like Nick's, which I think is a fair, maybe kind of a fair. And so it's like, is that is that just gonna be the worst play? Is that just a worse dice roll than it is on McCarthy? I mm-hmm. don't know. I think for what it's worth, I hate to defend him. I think for what it's worth, when McCarthy did throw, which granted, you know, they ran a lot, it was more pro-style stuff. It was not super, super phony all the time. No. I He he liked to put it down the field, and there was a lot of, like, flood concepts and, um, you know, with those intermediate routes, a lot of crossers. I think in a Shanahan-style offense, J.J. McCarthy could really cook. Maybe yeah. I'll put him fifth over Bonex. I, I think I, I, that I, I thought Theo, I was prepared for you to have Hartman on this list. No, no, God, no. I think Hartman <laughs> is just, has some main character energy and like I watched his game versus He's, Duke Hartman, and he hit more some of a, of, of a Felipe Frank's level of, okay. okay. <laughs> Hartman is my guy in that. Not. I just, I just think that he'll, he'll just somehow be relevant. Like you, mean, too you handsome really mean to like fail. a guy, not player. <laughs> I kind of like him as a player. Like I, again, like I see sometimes he like, will be really like stand up in the pocket and like hit the backside dig it'll be mixed in with some absolutely atrocious decisions but i'm like (laughs) i could just see this dude coming in as a backup and like 
charming as <laughs> and like as a j3 quarterback like i think he'll stick around i don't know i I'm like, he, he just like seems that. like a backup i'd like to have okay because i don't you know were texting in the group chat i thought you i think you maybe put out some future like yo hardman might kind of be nice like there were some times where i was watching joe <laughs> look what really happened as as i was watching joe all and there were enough times where i was like man sam hartman is really shallow in the pocket like stood up and hit something in structure like yeah it i that way i was impressed by those plays enough while watching all where i was like fuck it i like the quarterback <laughs> and then they, and then it's sam hartman who already is like the one of the main characters of college football yeah. again maybe it's because he's just attractive maybe this is pretty privileged i mean um leave leave in the comments down below if you think sam hartman's hot <laughs> everyone will look at him dude i mean he's like i know man he's almost like a ryan gosling type character for a football fan like he just looks like the who is the hotter meme who is with hotter, the jawline sam hartman or jalen hurts i don't want to have this conversation man <laughs> they're both good looking guys i'm not ranking them i'm not rating them out of 10 i'm just acknowledging that's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be a game. It this is why game. maybe yeah, it's JJ pretty McCarthy privileged. is our fifth best quarterback <laughs> in the 2024 NFL draft. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Matt, do you have McCarthy at five? I don't. Okay. So over do Penix? Yeah. Over, over Penix. Uh, dude, yeah. the injury <sighs> stuff with Penix is like really bad. It, it, it's rough. Uh, he'll be it's fine. <laughs> NFL scouts fine. across the country are telling themselves it's no biggie. I watched him in Michigan. He like that wasn't his greatest game, but oh, he was man. toughing it out, man. He was like That's true. wincing in pain after every. I'm like, this guy's this guy will play through it. <laughs> I guess he's he's the next Matt Stafford. Maybe so. Huh. JJ McCarthy, anyway. <laughs> Finally, talking about him, everybody's QB five. There is some, there is some Rogers to him. I think that he's almost like a more formidable Zach Wilson as a prospect. Is whereas like what some of the questions you? <laughs> I like that. I think well, he's they're both like Rogers admirers. I think, and when okay. you're taking them high in the draft, that's probably the vision you have in your head. You get this kind of th this arm strength guy even though he's kind of smaller and very good out of structure right like hitting the crazy throws on the move like accurate on the move um i don't know just that's probably I, I would imagine like if you're taking zach wilson too that's like kind of ho who you're hoping he becomes right i can't imagine who else it would be but um, same thing with McCarthy. I think if you really squint, you can see it. And he is really accurate on the move. And he does have kind of a big arm, like some of the throws he makes. I was like, man, he really put some heat on that thing. So I could maybe see him as an upside guy, but I just don't think that he's as smart as Rodgers is um, at no. all. And, that's, and that is well, where you have to, what you have to remember is like on some plays, he really does look like he's special, but. I just don't think he's as smart as he needs to be yeah, um, he's just, making reads. He's also not as good under pressure, and I think that's yeah, just not very apparent. But I like I like his athletic. tools, and I like that he was aggressive, and I like that he's younger, and I think that combo of things. If he wanted to like go somewhere and sit a year, which I think is what should happen for him, I, I think that could that could turn out well. Um, 
So I, that, that's that's why I have him at five. I feel like mm-hmm. he's a totally, totally valid, a uh, little bit more of a project guy. The Lions yeah. will love him. He is he is athletic. He is quick. He is, his acceleration is really notable. Like when he takes off to run, mm-hmm. I feel like he can kind of get, get skinny and, and take off. And like some of these openings he fits through, like other guys would have gotten tracked down there. And again, I, I really like his accuracy on the move. I, I really think that when he gets his feet going and like he can dive a little bit, like if he, if there was one guy from this draft class who could pull off kind of like the diving, throwing, again, Mahomesy bro <laughs> stuff, it, it really, I mean, it would be Caleb, I guess, but he's, he's up there, man, like on the move. I, I know Lance Zerloin tweeted a stat that his completion percentage throwing on the run was like 70% or something like that. I'm like, man, you can really see it with some of these throws. And mm-hmm. when he, he kind of takes, I think he sees the game through a little bit of a straw sometimes and gets like too locked in on one thing that he wants to do. But a lot of times that thing is like the alert, <laughs> like the post and it'll be one-on-one with the safety and he will just bomb that shit. Like he really is aggressive and, and on those throws, he can, you know, if he gives his, his guy a chance, uh, good, good things can happen. But I just don't know if he goes through his reads like he needs to. I don't know if he, like, is quite as, as accurate as, like, the top, top guys in the class. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's, I don't know. I He's not quite Caleb as a playmaker and... I don't know. I think he gets too locked in on kind of one thing that he wants to do over the course of the play. And it's not like all things are available to him. Right. And I don't think he's like, I don't know. I, I, it's tough to judge their skill set like before the line of scrimmage, like before the play, but it didn't seem like he Harbaugh let him have like a crazy. It is a really, really difficult thing to judge. I I agree. I'm always trying to figure out exactly what's, what's down with that. But um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's perfectly fair. Five. I don't know if I was going to first round pick on him, but no, I, I think I, you'd really have to be like, man, he's so smart. <laughs> like he's just, he's so good reading the field. Like if you're, right. or, or he could be, he could be. And I just think, I think about him in the league and I just, again, I don't think that he'll be a special dec- decision maker and like before the snap having like the pure mastery that he needs to. I think if he goes high, it could be a very Baker Mayfieldy type of career, you know, <laughs> where like some seasons it's good, but in other seasons he's not doing much. I could see it, but yeah, those are the top top five quarterbacks, and no one is allowed to argue with us at all. And if you do, no, you're wrong. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll do these, you know. Along, we've been doing some team rebuild, not rebuild, but like team blueprint type stuff as well. So we'll keep doing that, keep doing these like prospect rankings as well. You know, as we get closer to free agency and then, of course, closer to the draft. But I appreciate you all tuning into this episode. We'll be back with some more content your way very, very shortly. But until then, we will catch you on the flippity flop.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.